1: my 410th ever show of all around sports reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week to join the show. A call in number is 1-866-472-5788 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stutham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is hands down Jimmy Butler's virtuoso performance last night to lead Miami over the Lakers in the NBA Finals uh, and we now have a series, thanks to Jimmy Buckets. With Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo out with injury, uh, the, de- the Heat were severely depleted, undermanned, to put it mildly. Uh, but Jimmy came through with 40 points, 13 assists, and 11 rebounds for a epic triple-double that will go down as one of the greatest... In NBA Finals ever, it was just uh, remarkable to watch. I think I, like many others, uh, had a waning interest in the NBA Finals after the Lakers went up 2-0, and uh, the two other Miami stars, Dragic and Adebayo, were out for both games, and it just appeared like uh, a sweep was in our future, and. Uh, a certain inevitability, and uh, thank goodness I monitored it last night, tuned in, uh, as Miami continued to hold the lead, but then gave it up a couple times, and then it closed strong, and mainly Jimmy Butler closed strong. After watching that performance, it's kind of hard to uh, imagine that he played with four teams and... Had short stints with, you know, the Timberwolves and the 76ers after starting out it was as a Chicago Bull. I mean, he just, last night, and throughout the playoffs, actually, but never more than last night, just characterized what willing your team to win means, being a leader means, and maybe best of all, doing it without scoring. It's not all about scoring. And uh you know, we all know that he's been unselfish to a fault throughout the playoffs, often distributing rather than scoring, uh, and then often closing strong to close out games. He's proven to be right there with LeBron as just basically the ultimate closer here in the bubble. So yeah, it was, uh, again, it, w- it was sports theater at the highest level, and now we can get uh, re-energized and re-excited about the NBA finals. Uh, I believe the next game is tomorrow night and it should be great. No doubt about it. Uh, he, to say he was exhausted after his performance last night would just be an understatement. I mean, he just literally did it all inside, outside distributing rebounds, assists, all of it. It was, uh, truly, uh, something remarkable to watch. And, uh, So we'll just have to see if he can do it again. And yes, indeed, tomorrow at 9 p.m. is the next game. Game four, and we're assured now of a game five. So hats off to Jimmy Buckets. What a performance. My other highlight of the week uh, is baseballs. Last week with the wild card bracket, uh, which was just, for me personally, just fascinating. And I say that simply because after just one game was played, the rest of the games, whether it's game two or game three, they're all three game series, of course, was an instant elimination game, which is the highest level of sports watching in my mind. Uh, when you have an elimination game and a team is looking down the barrel of, a, uh, of the season ending. And of all the uh, interesting games, and there were many, uh, the San Diego Padres and Fernando Tatis Jr. His performance and it was just nothing short of remarkable. The fact that he and Will Myers each hit two home runs in, of course, what was the elimination game, Game 2. Uh, and joining only uh, Babe Ruth and Lou Garrick as the only teammates to hit two home runs In the same postseason game Uh, that just says it all anytime you're on a list with only Ruth and Garrick baseball immortals to put it mildly uh, then you've done something really really special and you know the cards won game one pretty handily out in San Diego Petco Park which I visited last October and is awesome right downtown great setting And I think the Cardinals went up uh, in game two, had uh, Adam Wainwright pitching, and uh, at that point you just thought it was over. At least I did, and I think many others did as well, Uh, but not the case at all, and it was just uh, fabulous, fabulous viewing, as was the entire wild card bracket. Uh, given the uh, elimination game factor that I just referenced, it was just awesome. Game it, after the, after game one, and even game one was super important for obvious reasons. Because if you lost, you were facing an elimination game. That that just that simple. So it was just incredible to. Uh, so every game meant something, and best of all, nonstop games all day, all night. Just how you like it, and I've said it before. In the last few months, uh, we certainly deserve it, given. Uh, the absence of sports for so long. Well, my bizarre story of the week was the Dallas Cowboys getting smoked by the Cleveland Browns in AT&T stadium in Dallas yesterday. And, uh, the Cowboys are having one of the strangest seasons ever. They're one and three. They even made another comeback yesterday that fell short when Odell Beckham Jr. Had a spectacular run, uh, to basically put the game away, and it was just really, uh, you know, uh, another amazing game. And if the Falcon, or excuse me, if the Cowboys don't get that onside kick against the Falcons, they're 0 4, and they're giving up serious, serious points to opponents. Um, so yeah, but given the history of the Cleveland Browns in recent years, for them to go in and do that. Uh, to the Cowboys is just uh, eye-opening, to put them mildly. So we shall see how, uh, you know, obviously there's a hyper-focus on the Cowboys, so everything they do is bigger than life, like it or not. And yesterday uh, brought them right back into, uh, you know, a lot of negative conversation, quite frankly. And... Another game that caught my eye yesterday was, of course, Tom Brady, who I watched up here as a Patriots season ticket holder for so long, uh, 20 years, and uh, you know, certainly watching with the Bucks, and he recovered from another pick six. I think he's had pick sixes in four of his last six games after having four in like practically his whole career, or whatever, um, or that's what it seems like. But he recovered to throw five, count them, five touchdown passes versus the Chargers to five different receivers. Uh, It was really great to see everybody up here in New England still uh, likes Brady. And uh, everybody watches. And yesterday with the. Uh, Patriots, of course, not playing given their COVID situation. They're playing tonight at 7, but yesterday's 425 game, one of the games of the year against the Chiefs, postponed till tonight. So there was Brady and all the Bucks games are so far being piped into New England. And it was just like old times watching Tom Brady at one o'clock on a Sunday with, uh, you know, uh, as the main game to watch up here on CBS. It was awesome. I'm uh, finally my low light of the week are the Philadelphia Eagles with their one win, two loss, one tie record, putting them in first place in the NFC East after they, to their credit, went out to San Francisco and got their first win against the San Francisco 49ers last night. So there was a heap of criticism over the Eagles going for the tie i.e. punting on fourth down in overtime against the Bengals last week. Uh, I was one of the uh, opponents of that move, uh, that decision by Doug Peterson, the coach. Uh, but a lot of people were also saying that, you know, maybe it was the smart move. And at this moment, it turned out to be the smart move because they stand alone in first place with a record of 1-2-1. and one. So now, let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: channel.
2: A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reingold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests, and your input too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, and it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how you doing today?
3: Hey, John. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Well, thank you for joining us, as always. And, uh... You got to see Alabama at uh, playing at their typical highest level uh, as they blew out Texas A&M in Tuscaloosa on Saturday.
3: John, I think it's going to be very difficult to beat Alabama if you don't have a high-powered offense because Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, the two All-American receivers, Matt Jones is the player of the week in the SEC Offensive player, Uh, Najee Harris can run over you for 150 yards uh, on any Sunday or Saturday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, any day anything. and why. So they put up 52 points against the Texas A&M team with a $75 million coach been recruiting the state of Texas and beyond for, I think, three years now. And, you know, you have to come up with a defense that could shut them down a little bit to give yourself a chance. They're just so potent on offense, but that passing game, Mag threw for 435 yards, career high, of course. And then we, we spoke of this before, when the se- before the season started. We said a third receiver will emerge. Well, Correct. John Meshi enrolled in January a couple of years ago, was the MVP of the spring game before he played a down for the University of Alabama Had a career day, 181 yards, which I think is a sophomore record. 181 wow. yards with two, two long touchdowns, 78 yards, and I think the other one was, what, 57, 47, something like that. So we saw Jalen Waddle, when I Zoomed with him uh, last week or the week before, he mentioned John the third has sneaky speed, and we saw that on Saturday when he uh, ran past the defenders for a touchdown, those long touchdowns.
1: Yeah, well, they look great, as always. Uh... You know, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Texas A&M is a a bit of a rivalry dating back to, of course, the Johnny Manziel game in Tuscaloosa that uh, put him in the national consciousness years ago. And uh, so I'm sure Alabama gets fired up for Texas A&M coming to town ever since that. But, yeah, it was just uh, really impressive. And Mac Jones is off to a fast start and, you know, the highest compliment I can pay is Alabama looks like Alabama. Yet again, nobody's surprised.
3: No, they had the solid kicking game. Will Reichard made a field goal. Punting was good. Uh, Jalen Waddle, you know, is from Houston, Texas, so he had about 140 yards himself. He's very difficult to guard and catch and tackle after he makes the reception. Uh Alabama defensively, John. I don't know if we're ever going to see them with a defense that could stifle a, a, a really good offense, because these quarterbacks—they've been throwing it since the second grade, running this 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 type of offense spread—and right. they're confident in their abilities. And I I don't know. Uh, Mal- I want to mention Malachi Moore, uh, freshman defensive back at Alabama, had a nice interception at the end of the game to stop them from getting 30. 30- plus points. he had been playing uh outstanding the last the game, number thirteen. It's true freshman. And then you then you had um also Daniel Wright. There was a play on the sideline if you recall the A and M receiver caught the football and your sideline is your friend, but he didn't push him hard enough out of bounds and he skirted up he tiptoed ballet style and made it to the end zone, which was an error on his part know fine play by the texas a&m player but then he came back with the pick six interception for a touchdown and he showed his speed at the safety position so but alabama you know they didn't get to the quarterback as much as they need to i, I don't think they had any sacks john i don't think they had any sacks so that was disappointing but you know and uh kellen Mond, you know experienced quarterback with he's on the way to nine thousand yards maybe you know that that type of career at Texas A&M had 300 plus yards, 318 yards passing. But most of the receptions, John, were to the running backs and the tight ends. They kind of held the wide receivers in check.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, well, he, you know, certainly by the second half, it was just total domination. They were pretty much doing, uh, you, you know, they owned them. And uh, so you were at the game, correct?
3: Um. No, I, I wasn't at that game, John. They kind of, you know, limit us, the, the immediate, but we can Zoom after every game so I can talk to the players and the and the head coach after every game, which I can for all the teams around the SEC, if I, if I choose to, yes.
1: Oh, okay. But I know you had a, I, I guess, your interaction, very positive, very cool with Najee yeah. Harris, was by Zoom then.
3: Right, that was by Zoom. That was during the week, and uh, Najee, they give him the ball a little bit more. I'd like to see him break that record uh twelve hundred and fifteen yards he needs, so in ten games that's quite a bit to average and so far he he's not at that that number right now, but maybe down the road he'll get the ball and he can they can win enough games, get to the s e c championship that'll be eleven, maybe make it to the college football playoffs that'll be a total of thirteen games. that's a possibility he could come up with that twelve hundred and fifteen yards.
1: Yeah, yeah, wow, it is a possibility. Well, it was clear from the zoom clip that I saw and uh that he thinks very highly of you and you and he date back to when he was like a sophomore junior in high school out in California and the number one recruit in the country.
3: Right, yeah, he just uh, fascinated me John. I like to uh see if I can zero in on a player that Alabama's recruiting that is something extra special and Julio Jones was that player for me early, and I just saw something in him that uh, I watched about twelve seconds of film, and that's all I needed to realize he's about the best high school player I've ever uh, been around. And so I visited him, and all you know when he was fifteen, sixteen years old, all the way through Alabama through the draft in New York City, so I always tell people that the second most impressive player was Najee Harris, so I visited with him in California three or four times, been with him in the weight room all afternoon, visited his home, I'd uh, been there for the couple football games on the sideline with his head coach and his team doctor and the principal and the guidance counselor, been at practice and their huddles and things, so yeah, we've known each other quite a while, and I got to know his mother very well, And so I've been fortunate that I just thought that he was one of the better players. Like I said, second, just a notch below Julio Jones. So, and Julio's my, you know, the top of the list for me. So, sure, I had a good high, list. High, uh, yeah, you know, I really praised him early because I thought he could be something for Alabama or anybody else who was fortunate to come to their program. You know, Michigan, I think, was really number two. And he ended up choosing Alabama. So he had good hands. He could catch the football, as we've seen the last couple of years. You know, seven touchdowns, set a record for running backs at Alabama. You saw him catch the ball on the wheel route. They missed it the first time, got him on the second time, down near the goal line. So, uh, But, yeah, Najee and I, we, we developed this relationship, which is nice. And I'm so hoping that he gets a chance. On, I don't know, because Alabama has so many stars. To get a chance to go to New York. It would be fun for him and his family, I'm sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, you know how to pick him AP, I must say. Leo <laughs> Jones is uh, a transcendent player, clearly. And, uh, yeah. and Najee Harris is headed in that direction. He's just gotten obviously better each year. But thanks to you, you know, I was well aware of him in high school because of everything we've just discussed. And, uh, and here he is performing on the big stage. And probably headed for the biggest stage at the, at the NFL, because he is uh, hes a unique talent. It's become obvious with each passing yes. year.
3: Yeah, I have total confidence in him, especially in a big game against the opponents where, let's say, the points better is less than double digits, right? Uh, right. So those are big games at Alabama. These other teams, you know, they're favored by 15, 20 points, 25 points, you know. Uh, but he always comes through. Uh, that's been his nature uh, in high school and college now so uh that's when i'm assessing a player's ability that's the first thing i'm looking at how how many yards or completions or receptions or tackles or interceptions or how or shutdowns did you have against the big teams where you're you it's going to be very competitive
1: correct and interestingly you know with alabama and their stable of running backs they have every year it's tough to kind of separate yourself uh I mean, from Derrick Henry mm-hmm. to TJ Yeldon to, uh, is it Joshua Jacobs, oh. the place for the Raiders?
3: Right, Joshua Jacobs, right. Uh, and, uh, you mean, know, before that, Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson. And we have to, right. you know, people probably forget Alvin Kamara transferred from Alabama. Couldn't even right. hardly see the field.
1: Exactly. Uh, It's amazing. Yeah. So they always have a deep stable of running backs. Uh, But my point is that, you know, there's so much talent at the running back position. And you just named (laughs) off household names, every one of them. But yet in the same light, you know, there's a lot of running backs getting playing time. Let's just put it this way their running backs would have even greater statistics at many other schools. It's just that simple because, you know, Nick Saban shares the wealth, shares the load among all the talented running backs.
3: Yeah, and there's been years, I think, with T.J. Yeldon and uh, I'm trying to remember who else was there, but I think it was maybe Trent Richardson. Both had the 1,000 yards one year, I think. Right. I think that's the pair that had the 1,000 yards apiece. It's exactly. you know, kind of amazing.
1: It is amazing. And, you, you know, and then they get to the NFL, and typically, you know, uh, many of them have great careers. And, none, none, you know, come, nobody comes to mind quicker than Derrick Henry. And what he did last year yes. at the end of the year, of course, in the postseason was nothing short of spectacular. And, you, you know, I always remember him because he's the all-time high school rushing leader mm-hmm. in America. And I remember watching him from, if I remember correctly, Uli in Jacksonville, Florida, right near, uh, yeah, right right, right near Jacksonville. And he he was a legend in Mm -hmm. high school. We're talking LeBron James-esque in high school.
3: Yes,
1: yes. And now he's proven it, how special he really was back then and is now. So I've always enjoyed watching his career because... I remember watching him in high school, and it was just spectacular.
3: Um, yes, absolutely, John. Yeah, he, and he and he had a freshman year at Alabama where didn't see the ball that much, and sophomore year, uh, and then they gave it to him that junior year for a couple thousand yards because there was uh, some injuries in Alabama's depth chart, and he just was tremendous. You know, won that Heisman Trophy, so. Yeah, right. when they get their opportunity and then and then they're not they don't have a lot of mileage per se when they leave Alabama. Right. But you know, you know, Derek Henry's the one who got probably more than usual carries because of that injury situation. But all the oh, other yeah. ones we mentioned, uh that, you know, there are plenty of plenty of legs left to play in the NFL.
1: Oh, no doubt about that. Um, AP uh, before we finish this segment here, I want to talk about uh Georgia, they they laid it on Auburn pretty well on Saturday night. I was watching. Uh, boy, oh boy, that was uh, that was imp- pretty impressive. So I know Georgia was highly touted coming into the season. No surprise there; they typically are. But I think uh, you know it's the SEC's oldest rivalry is how they were billing it, and you know they uh, they took it to them. I was very impressed with Georgia to say the least.
3: Yeah, Georgia was impressive and Auburn played terrible, but it was due to Georgia's domination on the offensive and defensive lines. And Auburn they have not gotten rhythm in their passing game, and I suggest to John that um, maybe they should take a page out of Bill Walsh's uh his strategy. Get 10 plays, practice them every day and every day, line up, run them no matter what the defense is, but do it quickly so they can get some type of rhythm with their passing, you know. Right, they can you do it with their kind of passing and everything? You know, so yeah. So I think that they should be able to do that. They should be able to do that, and um, you know, I, you know, that's just an outsized observation that I've made watching the game. You know, Auburn looked terrible. They they couldn't get to the ball. They got the ball to Anthony Schwartz, which we mentioned. We want to see the speedster get the football, but it was for like only fifty-seven yards, I think, on eight receptions. One of them was eighteen, so that's seven receptions for forty-one. So that was pitiful, you know, that uh that's all they had. You know, they gotta get him the ball in space where he can make a difference and uh mm-hmm. if they don't it's gonna be a much longer season. Bo Nix, you know, sophomore year trying to improve his accuracy mm-hmm. and consi- you know, he needs to be more consistent, we know that and I've yet to see that from his game. So uh there's a lot you know, they gotta work on their offensive line, get in some people that that um they got to get some people that can, you know, make a difference for them on that offensive line. Because if they don't, uh, that Bo Nix is he's going to be running around as he did on Saturday? Uh, there's, there's nothing else I can say. Because if John, if you don't have an offensive line, you know how that's how that's going to affect your um, your ability to be a passer and to lead that team. So uh, I don't know what else to tell you. They've got to come up with a, a five people that can make a difference on that offensive line for Bo Nix, or he's just going to be a below-average quarterback when he came in there with all the accolades and he's a legacy player. And, um, you know, that's, that's something. They're, they're going to have to get fixed very fast. But they got the perfect team they're going to play, John, Arkansas. Now, Arkansas came up with a big upset, a big upset, you know. And so, um, you know, that they're going to be playing at home. So, so that, should, that should be the remedy.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Bo Nix, I remember him making a great comeback his freshman year, last year. And, uh, you know, he kind of burst onto the scene. Again, his father played at Auburn, I believe. And yes, hence the legacy Nix in
3: the mid-90s, yes.
1: Yeah, hence the legacy player. So, yeah, they, they, they need to bounce back. And in the meantime, Georgia, looking good say the least way p we're uh we're here at the end of uh our first segment together so uh why don't we take our break now and lots more to get to on the other side Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa,
2: play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. health and wellness, and more. We'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Channel. On Read My Lips Radio, producer and host, aka Radio Red, invites you to eavesdrop on her live, unscripted conversations with smart, savvy, creative people as she discovers what makes them tick, where they find their inspiration, when creativity first became their passion, and how their creative process can inspire the rest of us to think out of the box. Enjoy, aka Radio Red's always lively, cool conversations with creatives. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Oh, how those lips can talk. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And I talked in the opening segment about the baseball playoffs and the wonderful wild card bracket that we watched last week. They took the weekend off, but now we're into the uh Division series. and some great matchups, to say the least, starting with uh, tonight with the Yankees uh, and Tampa Bay Rays, game one tonight, 8 p.m Eastern time. Uh, this will, these will all be a five game series and uh, and should be great theater of course in this crazy uh, crazy time frame uh, they're being played in different locations so this game is going to coming out of San Diego where the Yankees and the Rays are and the Rays dominated they're the number 1 seed and they dominated the Yankees I think they won 8 out of 10 meetings this year and uh, and there's some serious bad blood has been going on with these two teams. So uh, this should be really a uh, great theater. Uh, they're riding high down in Tampa Bay all of a sudden, by the way. I want to take this opportunity to congratulate uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who uh, won the Stanley Cup. And, uh, and I'm sure they're still celebrating down there. And the last... Sporting event I attended before the pandemic was in Tampa, watching the Lightning play the Boston Bruins, and it was spectacular. And uh, and just thinking back to that game, uh, you know, gives me a, a warm feeling as to the uh, the good old days. Uh, and so, as a result of that, it was such a great viewing experience at Amelie Arena in downtown Tampa that. You know, I, I followed the Lightning closely, and then the Rays. You know, uh, they're again number one seed, and now they're playing the Yankees. They won. They, they easily won their two games down there in Tampa in the wild card, and uh, and they're looking great. They really are. Uh, one of the favorites for sure, and with the bad blood against the Yankees, and it's the Yankees. Need I say more? Uh, that series has the potential to be really, really great theater. Um, the other series getting started today at 4 p.m. Eastern time is Houston Astros and Oakland Athletics. Uh, the Astros were defiant uh, in their victory, saying uh, in their wild card victory last week, saying they. No, nobody wants to see them, but here they are. Uh, Don't know if that was exactly the message they wanted to send to basically uh, put themselves back and, uh, (laughs) you know, dredge up all the things that everybody was mad at the Astros about. No reason to go into that. We all know what that was. Cheating scandal from 2017. So now they're right back, uh, you know, in the sights of uh, baseball fans everywhere. And playing the A's, and uh, and they've had some bad blood between them. So you know that has the potential to be interesting as well. Uh, good matchups all around: San Diego and L.A. Uh, Padres were, in my mind, as I mentioned in the first segment, the story. Of last week's wild card coming back from one game down and losing in game two, uh, before they woke up in Petco Park and uh, with some historic, historic uh, performances uh, to take o- overtake the Cardinals, who are baseball bluebloods. And right now, San Diego, I think, is the darling of the baseball world. Fernando Tatis Jr would be the new face of baseball. Been hearing some stuff throughout the year. Certainly, I think we all knew who he was. But I don't know that we knew uh, how good he was. But he certainly showed everybody how good he is. uh, By in the field, at the plate, uh, his flamboyance, his bat flip, uh, two home runs in one game, just all of it. He's exactly what baseball needs at this point in time. And uh, and it was just wonderful to watch. You know, I've always enjoyed watching someone with a big buildup live up to those expectations, and he certainly served notice that he may be about to do that. And, of course, he did it on the biggest stage, the one that really matters, postseason, national TV, uh, under extreme duress with the Cardinals, looking like they were just going to sweep him right out, and then, uh, and then, boom! Uh, the Padres have an interesting team. I mean, Manny Machado, Will Myers; these are these are excellent players. A Couple pitchers that were on the shelf may get back in time to make a difference in the division series, perhaps beyond if they get there. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really uh, exciting, and that's exactly what baseball needs: is just someone who. Is flat out exciting, uh, and everybody wants to see. And I think they might have that. So that game is tomorrow at nine thirty p.m. And the other game tomorrow is Florida Marlins uh, versus the Atlanta Braves. Uh, interesting setup there too. And that you know the Marlins. I mean, let's not forget this was the team who uh, was plagued by COVID uh, back when baseball got started. I mean, you had to wonder if uh, they were headed towards being uh, sent home, like a couple of soccer teams were at the beginning of MLS and the bubble down in Orlando back in uh, July, I think it was. So um, so the Florida Marlins, here they are. <laughs> they took out the Cubs, Pretty easily, he took the first two games in Wrigley. Um, so you know, very impressive uh, on their part, given that uh, again, when when they were like missing all those games and falling behind on the schedule, I I think there was half the team that manager Don Mattingly didn't even know their name. Literally, not kidding. I also heard an interesting uh, stat about the Marlins, which is really amazing and should serve notice to all that every time the Marlins make the postseason, which I think has been twice in the past whatever, 20 years, they win the World Series. So that is uh, <laughs> that's a little trend that if you're a Marlins fan, you uh, you have to like that. Bodes well, potentially, for them. So again, that has uh, the opportunity to be a great series. So, yeah, baseball, you know, give them a lot of credit as I do hockey for completing the season in COVID, crowning a Stanley Cup champion. Basketball is within a couple games away of completing their season. Baseball has completed completed the season and now is in the postseason with what I'll call mini bubbles, uh, playing in select locations, Dodger Stadium, Dallas, San Diego, places like that. So, uh, yeah, again, they all deserve a lot of credit because baseball in particular had some bumps in the road. The Marlins, as I just mentioned, in particular, and the Cardinals uh, were the other team that was really uh, had COVID issues in the early going. But, you know, they stuck with it. And, you know, sometimes out of adversity, Great ideas are born, and for me, (laughs) the great idea coming out of baseball this year, maybe sports altogether, uh, out of necessity, shall we say, was last week's wild card bracket. I just loved it. Games all day, all night, every game meant something, including game one. The minute game one was over, the next games, two and or three, were instant elimination games. And it was just done at, like, a dizzying pace, which is good. It's good to have see baseball, which many complain is too slow. Uh, have this week they had last week where it was, again, just continued at a breakneck pace for five days. thought it was just really, really cool. Um, and, you know, just certainly filled the sports week in a hurry. And I think we're going to have a lot more of that going on with the divisional series is. and, uh, so yeah, great stuff. And, uh, again, all credit to baseball for, again, acting out a necessity to try some new things and those new things. Uh, and I'm not alone. I've been hearing a lot of positive feedback, uh, based on one simple th- fact for me and for others, you know, you get to see a whole lot of elimination games, uh, Back to back to back to back. So it was pretty incredible. And with that, we'll take our break, our final break of the day, and still some more to get to on the other side.
2: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry is known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel
2: the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And my pick of the week for appointment viewing is Patriots Chiefs tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Well, I guess we can call it Monday Night Football. Uh, There's still the regular scheduled Monday Night Football game, Packers-Falcons from Green Bay. So what a week it's been here in New England weekend, I should say. Uh, You know, we all know the story by now. Cam Newton tested positive, apparently asymptomatic. And uh, that ignited and that announcement just reverberated through New England on Saturday morning um to say the least this was a interrupt the news between that and president trump uh also having the virus uh saturday morning especially here in new england when once cam newton news came out was just uh like you know stop the presses type of moment um All credit to the NFL, as always, the way they're handling this, you know, the fact that the game is still scheduled uh, for tonight, a day after the game, literally, whatever, 27 hours after it was originally scheduled, which was 425 yesterday, uh, is uh, incredible and impressive, to say the least. And, you know, even today, I mean, it's just the talk of the town would be an understatement um because it's one of the games of the year everybody's been high anticipation for this game and then suddenly it is not happening yesterday and uh but now it is happening tonight this evening and yeah so this morning they were you know it was the lead story on the news as it has been since saturday here in uh new england with uh you know, with the Patriots taking off this morning, uh, just show they showed them taking off and at the airport and boarding the buses at Gillette Stadium, 20 minutes from where I'm speaking. And then... Uh, and, yes. So... It was uh, just amazing. And then they showed they just landed in Kansas City. And... Uh, so, yes, it's great. Um, so, I think we have... AP Stedham, back on the line, and AP, we were uh, you with us?
3: Yeah, right here with you, John.
1: Wonderful. I was just talking about the Patriots. I just showed them on uh, TV landing in Kansas City, and uh, pretty amazing story to say the least. Uh, and uh, they made it. And AP, you can't overstate. The rarity of a team of an NFL team flying to their game on game day, but it's done. They're there. They're in Kansas City, and it was the lead story on the news when they were boarding the buses at Gillette and heading down 93 through Boston, Route 93, on the way to the airport. <laughs> and uh, but they're there, and no Cam Newton. But from your angle, I can't help but think Brian Hoyer starting. But Jared Stedham may get his chance tonight from uh, former Auburn quarterback.
3: Yeah, I'd like to see that. I really would. If he can get his chance to go against a, a, a Super Bowl team, right? Uh right. What better way to get tested, uh, the maximum? And exactly. Because you're going to have to score some points against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, there's a lot of angles here, uh, to say the least. Uh, but certainly Jared Stedding, pretend, Stidham potentially playing is uh, – it's a big one because, you know, people were super curious. Let's not forget, until the Patriots signed uh, Cam Newton, it was a fait accompli that Stidham was going to be their quarterback. Didn't know much about him. Had limited snaps mm-hmm. that he took last year in actual games. and uh, But everybody seemed to like what they saw. And of course, Cam Newton got signed, and haven't heard much about Stid, as Belichick calls him, since then. But right. changed tonight.
2: Yeah.
3: But. yeah, I mean, I'm wondering if, if Bill Belichick, and I mean, he's not uh, afraid to do some things that are uh, different than most coaches, right? So he right. he might put it, play two quarterbacks in Kansas City to see a, to see how they react.
1: No doubt about it. No doubt about it. This game could go a lot of ways, you know. Uh, but it's just, it's a smart move. There's no surprise up here. I mean, Brian Hoyer has started a lot of games in the NFL. This is a second tour of duty with the Patriots. He knows the offense inside and out. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the smart move. It's the intelligent move. And we'll just see how it goes. And knowing Stidham's on the sidelines, uh, you know, we'll see if he gets his chance or not. But... Sure to be interesting. Uh, you know, it feels like bonus television getting the Patriots on a Monday evening and the Patriots-Chiefs, no less. Not just Patriots, Patriots-Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> right, one of the games yeah. of the year at 7 o'clock on a Monday. It's awesome. Yeah, it's
3: it's, it's great for the fans. They can concentrate on that game. There's double doubleheader.
1: Yes, and during timeouts, you can switch over to the Packers-Falcons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But AP, hard to believe Uh, it's already at the end of the show. Glad we did get a little Kansas City Patriots talk. It's among the big stories of the weekend, if not the big story of the NFL weekend. Uh, But thank you so much for calling in with your great perspective, as always.
3: Thank you, John. My pleasure.
1: And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time.